and welcome to Happy Place. I'm Fern Cotton and today, via the magic of the internet, we're off to meet mind coach, Instagram star and all-round good guy, Vex King. People always knew me as this kind of angry child and that was basically because of what I had gone through. And now when people see me and all people have met me for the first time, they're like, do you know what, Vex, I can't, I can't ever imagine you angry. You're I can't. Just, you're, you're just <laughs> always happy. And they're like, how did you get to this point? Find out what that fascinating journey is in just a moment. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, here's the show. It's so nice to meet you. No, and likewise, likewise. I actually came to see you in, um, I think it was I Can Do It with Hay House, like two oh, years no ago. Oh, no way! Yeah, it was two years ago, which was, it was, it was weird because I kept thinking to myself, oh, one day I want to be on that stage. And then like, the next year it happens. So many people have now read your brilliant book, which I've got right here. <laughs> um, good vibes, good life. So for those few that haven't read your book as yet, who will after this, um, <laughs> how did you get to the place where you knew this was your future? This is what you wanted to do and you were capable of doing it? So when I was younger, I always dreamt of writing a book. And a lot of people say I always dreamt of doing this. Um, I didn't know I would be a writer. I just felt like one day, because I'd grown up in poverty, so just a bit of background. My dad died six months after I was born. And then my mum's business with an abusive family member went bankrupt. And we were home homeless for, I think, around three years in total. Um, we moved from place to place, but, you know, nothing ever felt like home. And then eventually we uh, joined a council estate. And we faced loads of racism, experienced loads of violence. And life was pretty depressing um, as such. And I really wanted to seek a way out. And I remember thinking to myself that one day I'm going to change our lives around completely. And I'm going to write write about it. And I'm going to make sure other people don't have to go through the hardships I went through. And if they do have to go through hardships, they're at least equipped to handle them. And yeah, fast forward to now, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to write the book. But before I was writing, I thought I wanted to be all kinds of things. So I dabbled in music production. I went to university um, and I studied business information systems or management. I then went on to become a systems analyst, um, but nothing ever felt like I was fulfilling my purpose. I always felt like I was meant for more. And then I joined Instagram and I just started sharing kind of my life lessons. You know, I was, I was literally a nobody. I didn't have 
you know, a degree in psychology. I wasn't famous. I, I, I was just a normal guy that had been through a lot of things and started to manage to kind of change his life around. And I wanted to show other people that, you know what, you can change your life around. Um, you might be presented with certain circumstances, but they don't define your future. It's always in mm. your response to them, those circumstances. And the message just started resonating. And then slowly, you know, I started building an audience and people are really engaging with my posts. And I always believe in not trying to be like a leader in my field, but just be a normal guy because that's who I am, just a normal guy. And I, I always interact with people. I spend the first hour every time I post just speaking to people because I believe in community. Mm. And yeah, everything's just kind of taken off from there. And um, But I mean, it took off... You've got like, what is it, 500,000 followers or something on Instagram now. You've got a, a huge, a huge following on Instagram. And then you've got, you know, everybody that's read your book and it was in the top 10 for God knows how many weeks. You know, that's, that's quite amazing. Did you notice a moment where it was like, God, this is working now. This isn't just like my friends reading these notices that I'm putting up. This is now spreading and, and it's snowballing really quickly. It's such a strange thing to say, but um, when I was writing the book, I was I wasn't writing words I was writing emotions so I was talking from a place that you know from deep within my heart and I felt like and I, it's actually a famous quote that what um, comes from the heart goes to the heart and I believe that and I kind of knew during the process that people would resonate with what I'm writing because I'm although I'm spreading a positive message there's a there's vulnerability in this message there's realness there's rawness to it um, and Every single line I wrote, I'd pray after the line. This is so strange to say, but um, I was praying that someone would benefit from my message. So now that, you know, it is reaching a lot of people and a lot of people are actually benefiting from it, it feels like my prayers have almost been answered. Yeah, but you were putting, you know, good intent behind everything you were saying, which is often like rare today you know so many of the words that we say out loud or to ourselves is because we feel lacking or because we're jealous or because we don't feel like we're enough or whatever it might be so to actually just write something with good intent takes discipline and skill and I guess that's you know a fundamental message that you're talking about in your book to break it down in in the simplest terms possible your book, which is called Good Vibes, Good Life, what what do you, what are good vibes? Let's start there. What What is a vibe? What is a good vibe? How do we cultivate such a thing? Good vibes basically translate to good energy. And I think the simplest way to think about it is anything that brings you a sense of empowerment, joy, or love. And I think a lot of the time, we do things to make us feel accepted, not necessarily to make us feel happy. Mm. Right? Um, and my simple idea is that if you love yourself, you will create a life that you love. Now, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to delve in a little bit deeper because a lot of the time, people understood self-love as purely as acceptance, accepting your flaws and accepting the way you are. And in this book, I decided to challenge that idea a little bit and say that's just one element of it. 
My definition of self-love is that it's the balance between accepting yourself as you are and then knowing you deserve better and working towards it. Because if we think about relationships, for example, so say your partner has, you know, annoying habits, for example, that's not going to make you love them any less. But if there's one particular habit that might be impacting their health, for example, you'd still want them to want better for themselves. So it's almost like applying that concept towards yourself. Now, within my book, I basically say self-love is managing your vibes, basically making yourself feel good. Now, how do you make yourself feel good? So a lot of the things I talk about within my book, and I know you've spoken about this in the past as well, is having certain self-care practices within your life managing the relationship with yourself but also managing the relationship with others because sometimes and especially in the culture I've kind of been brought up in as we say no they're family for example so we should accept their behaviors and then we don't implement boundaries and what that actually does is it creates a massive shift in our mental health not in a positive way but in quite the negative way of course of course Um, And then we lose sight of creativity, you know, we're not able to sustain ourselves in our lives, we maybe stop eating, and then we create so many other problems that actually impact our physical health. And sometimes it leads to a much darker place such as depression. And then within my book, I also talk about how, um, how you can manifest your goals, which is obviously a very important aspect of living, and also finding some kind of higher purpose. Because without a sense of purpose, we can navigate through life aimlessly, and then ultimately feel lost. Mm. I think purpose is such a big one because often we're striving for things, but we actually lose sight of why. Exactly. And sometimes that is because we've been indoctrinated by the modern world and and what it's saying to us, which of course at the moment, because obviously we're all in lockdown still at the moment, uh, at the time of this recording, and we can't do as much as we might usually in a social sense, but also if you are a determined person, a driven person, we can't fulfill all of these goals. And And actually it's been a really good moment for me to sit back and go, well, why am I so driven about all of these different elements of my career? You know, why am I and why do I feel stressed about some of them? Because surely if I'm feeling stressed about, you know, this going well or having to reach this point of, you know, um, a goal, that can't be good for me or for where I'm headed. So I think we've all had to take a closer look at that concept and actually go, well, why am I? Why am I doing that? And actually, purpose is a way of mitigating that because I think if you work out early doors what your purpose is in whatever career or whatever area of your life, then you can always go back to that and look at well, does it fulfil that purpose? Which might lead to helping other people, or might be because you creatively get a kick out of it, or whatever it might be. I don't think there's any judgment around that. It's just looking at what the purpose is and. I mean, I lose sight of that all the time. It's 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 easy to do so. So, so so looking at um at these these vibrations. So we're so we're all made of energy, and from the understanding that I got from your book and another th- sort of literature I've read around this subject matter. So, the energy that we emit and the thoughts or the thoughts that we have change the energy that we emit. Is that correct? Right. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So we have to have. I guess, ultimate discipline over how we use our minds 
to think in the most positive way, even if we're not feeling it? You know, a lot of our the thoughts that we have are based on exaggeration. I'm just going to take a, like a, a real life example. So for example, I could post, and I don't post many selfies on social media, but if I posted a selfie on social media, there might be the odd person. And, you know, you do get this in the social media world that might say, oh, you look ugly, for example. I mean, please, A, no, <laughs> B, whoever that person is, piss off. But I know what you're talking about. I've had it. But, uh, but you know, you know, you get these people um, and they start judging you. They start trolling you. And then suddenly you might start questioning yourself and defining yourself based on what they've said. If you then start questioning yourself, saying, why do I feel like this you might then realize that actually you're trying to validate yourself through other people and then when you start questioning yourself further and start getting down to the bottom of it you you might go to the past a moment where you might have tried to validate yourself through I don't know a parent or a person of authority um, what we don't realize is that one person calls us ugly and we feel like we're ugly. But there's so many other times where people have actually appreciated yes. our beauty. And I think just transforming that thought process and then going through the motions and then also revisiting revisiting the feeling you felt when someone appreciated your beauty can completely change your emotional state or your vibratory state mm. um, and that's what I've kind of explained in my book and what I've got is a more kind of rigid process to actually take you through an exercise so you can you actually... know what Vex it's so funny because I think I actually had this happen last night and I hadn't really pieced it together so and it's a slightly different version of what you're saying but I think it's the same so me and my husband were both feeling quite anxious because today we're, we were sort of starting this whole google classroom thing for my right. kids and we were like, oh my God, I'm not very good on my computer and I don't really know how this is going to work and how are we going to sit with the kids all day and like stress, stress, stress. And then we started, we sort of forgot about that for a minute. We were still feeling anxious, but we started chatting about the bizarre weekend that we'd had because Jesse had this like calamitous weekend where he fell out of a tree into a stream oh, and, and then he um, tried to blow up an inflatable thing in our garden and he fainted. I mean, oh, it was like a ridiculous weekend and we started laughing and we couldn't stop for like an hour. And I went to bed with not an, you know, an ounce of anxiety. Nothing had changed. Right. I still had this Google Classroom thing the next day. But I could almost tell that, like, my vibration had changed. I was I was in a totally different state. And yeah. it was because I wasn't focusing on, I guess, again, all the other times I felt anxious or, like, I'm not very good at technology or I'm going to be a bad parent, I'm going to make a mistake. And like you say, it's that accumulation of the past and, and how we view that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So, so if we, if we practice this and we are able to change our vibration and we are emitting positivity, how does that generate more good stuff? Because that's what it essentially is, right? So like your title of your book, yeah. good vibes, good life. So you're emitting this positivity, 
you get more positivity. How how does that transaction work? So there's kind of like the the quantum kind of science to it. But the the, the kind of basic premise is that um, the feelings you kind of exude out into the universe, shall we say, um, get returned on a kind of like-to-like basis. So if you're feeling thankful, you're going to be given more things to feel thankful about. But if we just think about it, because sometimes this can sound kind of like spiritual woo-woo to some people, but if you just think of it in a very rational kind of perspective, is that if you if you view your life as being, you know, a positive place, then going forward, you're going to determine that your life is a positive life. Right? Yeah. Because your perception has now changed. So I just feel like once you start propelling that energy, that good energy, and you'll notice it in relationships. I, th- I used to follow a lot of entrepreneurs and I can't remember where I heard it, but it was in an interview and this entrepreneur was giving... Um, some of his kind of like best tips and he said just just be a good person because if you're a good person people are going to want to be around you mm. you kind of exude that joy people want to want to be around your energy it becomes infectious people are going to want to work with you yeah so on a just a very basic scale yeah it makes sense it just makes complete sense and once i started applying it to my life and i started not pretending that i was a positive person but actually started taking care of my needs and feeling positive, right? Because it's easy to say, oh, I'm a positive person and, you know, I feel great and so on, but not actually feeling it deep down. But as soon as I started waking up, I'm feeling a little bit more cheery and being in situations that would usually trigger me and actually not feeling that bad and feeling quite good. I started noticing that my life was just changing and, you know, Mm. everything seems to have changed. And when I look back at it... So I guess you do have to have one moment of clarity where you go, ah, right, I'm trying that new technique of thinking positively and it's working to propel you to do it more. It works as a bit of a catalyst to to go, oh, I'm going to really go, you know, full throttle into this now. Looking at the flip side of that, is it the case that all bad things that come into your life or happen to you are determined by your energy? Because that seems kind of rotten and at times unfair because there are perfectly you know, positive, good people that have had bad stuff happen in their lives. So how how does that work? I always go back to my past and I tell people that when I look back on my past, I'm thankful that I went through what I did because it's made me who I am today, but I don't wish it upon anyone else. And I think that's so important because everything you go through, you grow through. And again, that's a quote by I don't know who, but it is mm. so true that everything is an evolutionary experience. So a lot of the things that we we come into that you know that come into experience are, are teaching us something about ourselves. And I say it's ultimately teaching us how to love ourselves. Um, so maybe you're not consciously or unconsciously attracting all these particular things, but they are taking you towards a greater version of yourself and I think that's the best way Mm. to look at life yeah I guess I yeah because what you're saying I guess is it's how you might reframe what is deemed a negative experience because I've certainly had stuff happen where I've gone I didn't bloody deserve that I didn't put that energy out there you know I've I work with having a good intent and I treat people 
mostly nicely. I'm not perfect <laughs> like everyone, but you yeah, know, like I everyone. do my bit. Yeah. Um, but I guess now, like some of the stuff that's happened that I really either have regret over or wish hadn't, I can reframe as being an incredible catalyst to do what I do today. So I guess it is that reframing. So are, are we kind of saying that that bad luck does exist? There is a random process out there that d- does just sort of determine um, random events happening or random people turning up in our lives that seem like bad news. I think we are thrown into situations. Sometimes. Like I didn't choose to be you know homeless I didn't choose to experience the racism that experience sometimes we are drawn cards that aren't necessarily in our favor yeah Um, again you know I love quotes so I'm going to keep quoting things and always forget the author but you know they say you can't um, control the wind but you can adjust the sails right yeah 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 and that's so important something that you spoke about earlier um, with your kids over the weekend um, one thing that was very clear from what you said was your point of focus. When you was when you were focusing on how overwhelmed you were and how things were going wrong, it kind of didn't make you feel that great. Mm. And when you don't feel that great, it's hard to move forward. Once you switched your focus, you're feeling much better about yourself, right? And much better about the circumstances. And I think that's so important where your focus is. If I told you right now to, you know, look around the room and find everything um that's green for example you'd look around and you'd be like that's green that's green that's green i told you to close your eyes and name everything that's brown you might struggle because you were yeah. too focused on looking on all of uh, looking at looking for all the things that were green so our point of focus is so important um when it comes to not only our vibration but then going forward how we move forward and what actions we take Mm, that's really helpful because like no joke this is all happening in real time and I'm basically using this as a therapy session vex (laughs) um but me and my husband tried this google classroom thing this morning and it was so stressful my son we don't we don't allow him on the ipad normally so he was a bit overwhelmed and he was getting stressed and then he came off the ipad and his behavior was like really erratic we were like I think we need to be bold about this and do what feels makes us feel good rather than stressed but I think I don't know if it's especially a British thing but (laughs) certainly there's something in the modern world or maybe it's been historically there for years and years that dictates that we must suffer in some way to achieve or we must suffer in some way to do the right thing but then a lot of the spiritual literature I've read and certainly I get the impression from your book there actually can be a sense of ease to Uh, success or happiness or um, contentment it doesn't have to be a fight it doesn't have to be a fight and sometimes viewing it as a fight keeps you in that low vibratory state because you feel like you have to prove something or force something Um, a lot of the spiritual literature talks about suffering coming from your attachments to ideas or expectations. And I feel like failure is only stressed when it comes to success stories because people almost find a new path or they shift their mindset as a result of failure. Um, But like you said, success doesn't have to almost be so negative, you just move through the motions of life. And as long as you're 
working from a place of love. And this is what I've kind of realized growing up, that if I'm working from a place of love, a place of joy, not only am I more authentic in the work that I do, I enjoy it more and I reach more. Because like I said, what comes from the heart goes to the heart. Mm, I'm ditching homeschooling. That's that. I'm going, (laughs) I'm seeking joy. We're going to go out into nature, into the park once a day. We're going to do art. I mean, I just think we all assume that stress has to be such a big part of our day. Um, And again, maybe that's something that we're learning during lockdown that, I mean, obviously there are some people where they they won't be able to avoid that if they work on the front line for the NHS, etc. But for people that are in their homes, not able to do much, maybe we do have to surrender to the fact that life can be or have moments of peacefulness. It doesn't have to all be stressful. Yeah, if you go back to... um... The, the why we were talking about when we first started this conversation is that um, a lot of the times we don't actually know why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And during the quarantine period, what people were, um, or the majority of people, they were forced to slow down, right? And for some people, it was very uncomfortable because then they had to confront why they were trying to remain busy mm. that whole time. Yes. <laughs> And it was like, I need to move from A to B and, you know, keep going forward. But why? What's the end goal? For most of us, the end goal is happiness, a sense of peace of mind. But why can we not experience that right now? That's so true. We always think it's in the future. Like, you know, once I've done this and once I've done that and once I've got this job, once I've got that partner, then I'll feel happy. Whereas that's really not how I mean the modern world wants us to think it works like that so we buy shit and we save up to go on holiday or we do whatever but actually we could do it this second now by by changing our focus and I I think so much of what you've said and 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 what you've written about does land on and we've touched on it very very briefly but self-love and like I said I've definitely got the propensity to self-loathe and it could be a physical reaction to my own body it could be things I feel I'm not doing well at what would you say is the easiest way to negate self-loathing and to try and really work with self-love in a realistic way daily one of the most important so there's there's two practices that I think one of them that's personally changed my life and I I know a lot of people struggle with is is meditation yeah but one of the easiest things and I do this every morning and every evening is I just count my blessings and even during and I know it sounds quite cliche but even during this quarantine period you know a lot of people like "I, I can't go out I can't do this but you forget that you know you've got a home you're surrounded by people that you love, although every relationship doesn't go perfectly. And, you know, you, you might argue a little bit more because you're stuck inside with the other half who's annoying you or whatever mm. it is. All these things are blessings, right? And what humans tend to do is that we wait for absence to practice um, appreciation. So we wait for absence to then appreciate something's presence isn't that so sad it is but it we've, is, all, we've all done that this quarantine we've all gone oh my god I used to love hugging people I've, I really miss it I'm really grateful for hugging and when it comes back I'm gonna love it or you know whatever it might be you know just sort of hanging out with friends that we used to take for granted and stuff and it is a shame that we we don't 
do it beforehand. Yeah. It's like that classic thing of, you know, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, but it's sad that we can't see it in the moment. So what we can actually do is we can we can actually use that right now. And this is how I take people into a sense of actually feeling grateful. Because a lot of the time you can say, yeah, well, I'm thankful, you know, I had had my Easter egg. I'm really grateful that, you know, so-and-so bought me a meal or something. And you're not actually feeling grateful. You're just saying it consciously. So I, if we take this actual particular period of time and use what we've learned from it, what we can do is actually imagine your life without something that you want to feel grateful for, right? As soon as you imagine your life without it, you actually, wait, wait, no, actually, I actually want that. I need that. Mm. That, that thing brings me joy. I, oh, sorry, I don't want to take that for granted. And then suddenly you actually start appreciating it. So we can do that with every single thing in our life. I remember when I was younger... And I, I fractured my thumb and it was on my left hand and I'm right handed. And I was just like, do you know what? I don't, what would I need my thumb for? And then I realised how difficult my life was <laughs> without my Oh, that left, left thumb, I miss <laughs> yeah. it so much. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for ever being mean to you. <laughs> but we literally That's take amazing. every single thing for granted, including our bodies, which are constantly fighting for us. Right? I know, that's, that's a big one for so many people. It's, I think so many men and women out there find acceptance around their physicality so difficult. And I've certainly struggled with that in the past to my absolute detriment. And I think, again, we have to go against the grain because, again, the modern world, you know, shows us a lot of imagery that makes us compare ourselves. And you have to work really hard to not buy into it we're bombarded and with social media now yeah you know and facetune and other apps that might enable you to bloody (laughs) facetune almighty because um i remember i was i can't remember where i was actually i think i was on a plane and i was sitting behind someone that was on facetune i think they're a well-known instagrammer and they spent i think 45 minutes editing a picture oh my god how can they be bothered and it was, like, it was like taking their chin in and doing all kinds of stuff. And it was just like, I feel like as influencers, you have this kind of responsibility now to show what's real. And I understand that sometimes you have pressures. If you show a bad image, you're going to be bombarded with trolls, right? And so sometimes you feel like you have to now manipulate an image just so it's accepted. But how about we change the narrative and inspire people with the way we actually are oh yeah let's show people what's real and inspire people with because i think people are becoming comfortable with with kind of like inauthenticity and fakeness so as soon as the truth's there they almost feel uncomfortable by it they're like "Eh, actually that doesn't look good but actually Mm. that's what real beauty look like so real bodies look like well exactly i mean i put a picture of um a shit up last night that my cat had done on the carpet. I mean, I'm like, that's that's my life right now. My cat, who is 18, doesn't know what's going on in the world and she shit on my carpet. And, you know, that's, that's that. Let's talk about the law of attraction because I know in the book you mentioned there was this sort of seminal moment where you discovered the book, The Secret. I discovered it at probably a similar age to you and it did have a profound effect on me and I've read a lot of other books since that that are you know look at the law of attraction and what it might mean and sometimes I feel like oh yeah I've totally got this you know um things are effortless effortlessly uh unfurling because I, I've really got that goal and I can usually do it much 
more competently with work but in my life sometimes I feel like I'm wildly out of control I can't do the law of attraction thing stuff is just randomly happening I'm not reacting well to it and I wonder again what your take on it is how you've managed to master that in your your working life and in your personal life I'm going to talk about something that's very important for me is People always knew me as this kind of angry child. And that was basically because of what I had gone through. And now when people see me and all people have met me for the first time, they're like, do you know what, Vex? I can't, I can't ever imagine you angry. I can't. You're just (laughs) always happy. And they're like, how did you get to this point? And I remember when I was first asked the question, I must have been like 25, 26 and I'm a few years older than that now. But um, I thought, what? have I actually done to change my life around? And then I started looking back. And what I'd actually done is I'd developed a routine that addresses my mind, body and spirit. Because as soon as you go out into the world, it almost feels like things are trying to knock you off your path. Yes. Something goes wrong and suddenly you're feeling good and now you're not. And then you're thinking, right, actually, you know, I can adjust my energy. I can focus on something positive. I'm back here. Do something else. And I so I've got a dog called Tupac. And, you know, he's weed. He's flooded his crate. And you're like, oh, my God. And it's like 6 a.m. in the morning. And you're like, I did not need this first thing in the morning. Mm. Every single thing seems to knock you off your path. So you're then just trying to maintain yourself along this path. But if you've got a routine that's built on empowering you, right, throughout the day, then it's so much easier to stay on that path. So what is that routine like? You know, what are you what are you doing every minute of the day to keep you on that track to not get knocked off by everything that life's throwing your way? So one of the most important things for me is my morning routine. And, all, um, you know, one thing I spoke about is just thinking of things I'm grateful for. And that kind of sets the pace for the day. I go through meditation, which really kind of helps me find my zen and grounds my energy. One really simple thing I do first thing in the morning is I play music that helps me rise. And this is such a simple thing. Like music's got such incredible energy. And, you know, I used, I grew up listening to a lot of like hardcore hip hop and R&B and like reggae and all kinds of stuff. But I literally listen to anything. And one song that I listen to every single morning without fail that literally puts me in a good mood straight away is Blame It On The Boogie by Michael Jackson. Yes. Like, if you listen to that song, it's so hard to not feel good. <laughs> so even if I'm, you know, cleaning Tupac's crate up, which he's just weeding, um, I can have that song on in the background and it just makes me feel a little bit better. You know, I, can, I might even boogie while I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My energy starts to rise. But even throughout the day, you know, I, I schedule time in for reading. So I read empowering books. But books, you know, reading's not for everyone. Some people... Uh, more kind of auditory so they can listen to something it could be a podcast such as happy place which is exactly great (laughs) um but they can watch a documentary they can watch a youtube video they can find inspiration elsewhere and i think um it's so important to kind of cleanse your mind because we're almost absorbing energy from all these things that we're interacting with whether it's people or even news channels for example Mm. I think listening to the news, you want to stay informed, but you don't want to be absorbed by it because then suddenly it can put you in a state of fear. So you can flick on the news, but then straight away you might listen to something else that just kind of takes the focus away. So you're not 
Yeah, I guess it's like remembering that you've got a choice, isn't it? Because a lot of time we think, oh, well, just everything is very negative. But actually, you know, I know from past experience, especially because I had had this period of depression that I cannot watch anything on TV that is a violent or anything on TV that is yeah. really negative. And that is just something that I've had to lose because I used to be able to watch stuff like that, but not yeah. anymore. I can only watch factual stuff that's inspiring or comedy and I can only read books that are going to make me... You know, they're not all sort of fluffy and, oh, a kitten <laughs> jumped over a rainbow. But they're real and they're honest and they're not kind of you know, negative for the sake of it. And I think yeah. you have to work out your own barometer with that one. You, you you round off a bit of the book, not right at the end, but one of the sort of penultimate sections is, is when you talk about pain and the need for pain. And a lot of the time, you know, you know, you call it pain and purpose. A lot of the time we don't want to experience any pain and we do everything we can to avoid it and we really don't want to think about pain coming up in the future because it's really too overwhelming so so talk to me about pain its importance and 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 how we can reframe that so in life we have um especially in the physical world we have duality we have polarities how do we identify where hot starts and cold begins we do it by contrast Right. So you touch something and you think, oh, no, that's cold. And then you recognize what hot is. And it's the same way with success. How do we identify success? We identify success by kind of knowing what failure is. And it's almost human nature to do this through contrast. And pain, I wouldn't say, you know, you 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 need pain (laughs) to thrive. But pain's almost a given when it comes to life. We've all felt pain but where the reframing comes in is to look at pain and to realize that because of pain you know or understand what pleasure looks like and Mm. because of pain you've done something about your life because of the pain that I felt within my past I decided to make a change I decided that this wasn't the way I wanted to live forever I could have just accepted it and been like, you know what, my life's always going to be painful and pain's always going to come or I can try and battle the pain and say, I don't want, I don't want you pain, go away. And, you know, I'd always be back into this negative state because I'm trying to fight something. But what I decided to do was say, look, pain, you're here. I've embraced you as an emotion. You don't make me feel great. And that's why I'm going to pursue something greater. Mm. And that's literally it, just flipping it on its head. Mm, I like that. I, and, and also, I guess you kind of, uh, if it's around loss as well, because a lot of, you know, pain with heartache and loss, or whatever, is to realise how much you cared for something, that that is a beautiful thing that you can experience in life, because none of us will dodge that one at all. There's one thing I wanted to end on, and that is something that I think is really important, again, in challenging the concepts of the modern world. And that is how you end the book, speaking about how happiness doesn't come from people, places or things. It has to come from within. And obviously the modern world tells us the opposite. It tells you you have to have the best job, the perfect partner. You have to look like this on Instagram. You have to have the fancy new loafers. You have to have hair that looks like this, whatever. Again, how are we tapping into that happiness within that has no attachment to anything around us? I remember when I was in India and... um... I was hangry because I hadn't eaten all day and I was just like, I'm I'm just so annoyed. And, you know, 
every time someone spoke to me, it just it triggered me. And I was just like biting back at them. I was just like, look, all I want is food right now. And then this um, young child approached me and he must have been no older than 10 years old. Um, he had one leg and he was on crutches and he had the biggest smile and he said, excuse me. And he dressed me as uncle back there. I was, I was only like five years older than him, I think. And he said, excuse me, uncle, do you have any money for some food? And like literally in that moment, I, I said, oh, here I am complaining, right, that I'm hungry, knowing that any time now I'm going to get food. This kid doesn't know when he's going to get food. He's got one leg, right? He's in severe difficult circumstances or at least we can assume he's approached me with a smile asking very politely if I have some money so he can eat I thought how come he can smile and I can't knowing that I've got all these luxuries in my life and then I remember like 10 years later and I was working in corporate and I used to take a train to work and I was waiting for the train and it was like I think it was like 50 minutes late and everyone on the platform, you know, like effing and blinding and they were so annoyed. And I was, I just felt really good knowing that I'm going to go home in 50 minutes. Whereas other people were like, I can't believe I'm going to be 50 minutes late. Mm -hmm. They were framing the situation completely Mm -hmm. differently to me. And that's when I thought, you know what? It really does come down to perception. You can view things in two different ways, right? And the way you view it is going to ultimately decide how much joy you find in that moment. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing. That's empowering because you know that then you've got some control over it. You're not going, I can't control that the train's not on time. You're going, I can control how I react about this situation. It's always in your response. We, we've we just been conditioned maybe through marketing tactics that, you know, the next product, the next car, the next phone yeah. is going to bring us happiness. And then you're like, I need that because that is going to, make me happy and then you then you get it and you feel good right but then the novelty starts to wear off and the new model comes out and then you're like actually this one doesn't bring me any joy anymore I need the next thing Mm. right so then you pursue the next thing and then that whole time you've never been able to sustain your happiness yeah because it's always come down to your perception Mm. I think especially when you buy stuff it's just ephemeral joy it goes you know almost five minutes later you're like oh god that was really exciting for five minutes when I got those new shoes and now I'm like back to worrying about what I'm doing tomorrow it's it's so true and I think you know you've got so many good tips and practical advice in your book that that helps us to mitigate those kind of negativities in life so thank you for writing it and and thank I mean we could literally talk for a year there's so many more things I've got (laughs) on my pad but it's been so lovely talking to you and I think that what you're doing is brilliant and keep doing it on Instagram because it's a great way of people accessing stuff like this if they haven't got the book or they're not big readers so thank you for sort of uh you know putting some good positivity online as well uh Thank you. Thank you for your kind words and thank you for having me because there's people like you that give me a platform to kind of share my ideas, even if they sound like woo-woo. No, they don't. I think it's only (laughs) woo-woo if you aren't willing to give it a go. Do you know what I mean? So we've we've all got the opportunity to. Um, Vex, thank you so much. Stay safe during this bizarre time that we're in. Hopefully we'll meet in the flesh at some point and not just on a screen. We definitely will. What a joy. Thank you, Vex. You can grab his book. It's so lovely. It's called Good Vibes, Good Life, How Self-Love is the Key to Unlocking Your Greatness. I am still 
on that journey hate the word journey but I can't think of another one I'm still on that journey and Vex's book helped massively you can get that book from all of the usual places don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes of this show every Monday straight to your phone you can do that for free on your podcast app of choice a massive thanks again to Vex to the producer Matt Hill at Rethink Audio also working from home to bring this podcast to you and to you for listening thank you I adore you I love your feedback it's so appreciated stay safe I'll see you next week Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.